This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. It's good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. This is Series 7 of this podcast, Episode 15. Craig Hutchison, and Damien Barrett with you in the South Bank Studios. Hutchie, I've got no idea where to start today. We've got, I remember got between us and Jane's running sheet, about 43 options we could go to today. Six days out from the election too, Damo. I laugh a lot of the commentary when people pin us as being one political party or another, not realising that we're completely, we mock both. Or, or couldn't care. <laughs> people you know, listening and justify their own opinions of which party. I've, at different times in the last two weeks I've said we're a lefty podcast. Oh, please. <laughs> and then, please. no, we're far too you know supportive of the Liberal Party. And then Please tell me no one's thought we're the Greens. Well, I wouldn't miss it when I wouldn't be surprised if the green back walls here are somehow interpreted in social that we're on the green agenda as well. So there you go. But it's six days to go. Are we Damon. teal? Are we teal maybe? There's a, there's a teal oh, yeah. push yeah, in this particular election. Someone actually said on social the teal colours of the sounding board. Are we part of the teal movement? Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. And clearly we don't know anything about politics, which is <laughs> why we feel so... In- I haven't got PVO's party wrong last well, week. Clearly, you I was getting tagged in on on all yeah. those people trying to correct you, Hutchie. I've got enough going on in my so people um, have set feeds. me straight. Just on PVO, people have set me straight. He's a liberal at heart. He works for Abbott. He's one of your crew, Abbott. Oh, he's not one of my crew. He wrote John Howard's uh, one of John Howard's biographies or books, and he clearly hates Scott Morrison and this particular part of the Liberal Party or dislikes his politics. So. There you go. I was interpreting that as being a. <laughs> you show me the photo of you and Tony Abbott at dinner. I was clearly interpreting his coverage of this election as being anti-liberal when it's just actually anti-scomo. So if you mean, <laughs> okay. So you've nailed down that, have you? Okay. So six days, and you know it's been an extraordinary campaign when even scomo is distancing himself from himself. <laughs> yeah. You've you've really paid attention to this campaign on oh. Friday after saying. For five weeks. This is a character debate. This is about me and him. This is about who do you trust versus that loose unit. You know, he's doing all that language. And then it comes to Friday and he goes, I'm the first to concede I'm going to have to change if I win. That was the old ScoMo. He was a bulldozer. The new ScoMo is going to have to evolve. and change. So even he's read the polling data going, oh... Did, I've got one last right at the stumps here. That's to kind of convince people I can change. Did you? See which the, is the Julia effect that I read in the in the paper? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, the Julia moment. What was she had to what, change? When Julia said she needed to start showing the real Julia about three oh, years. The real Julia. Remember that? <laughs> oh, the real I, Julia. I can't yeah. remember that. Yeah. Uh, PVA, by the way. So hang on. So that was the real Julia. Now we're going to see the real Scomo. Well, it's called. It's been described as as Scomo's Julia moment. When I oh, see, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So you, you're really bringing a lot to the table this year on this podcast, and, aren't you? I, I I really like it. So there's the interesting things for me to watch outs for this weekend. Yeah. And I encourage our audience to join me on this. The election night coverage. Yep. A, who gets a seat on the desks. Yes. B, where yeah. they're seated. Right. And C, where their picture is placed um, in the promo shots because they were not going to get together and do the six-person shot. They're going to be like cut-and-paste jobs, I reckon, in right. the social shots. So do you, in a six-person shot, do you want to be like front and square or do you want to be just behind the person front and square, so to speak? If, if you are a serious journalist, you want to be in front leading the coverage. Right. And if not there, you want to be next to 
Or if you're in kind of the Ellen, old Ellen Jones role, which is sit down the end and say whatever the hell you want, right? <laughs> and not care. You don't want to be three back with just your right shoulder poking out on the shot, I reckon. <laughs> so look for that that person. The thing I look for on the night itself, Archie, and this has always uh, intrigued me, is is the first person to actually say, I'm prepared to call yep. it. What time do we think that's going to happen this this year? Well, if you believe the polls, it, it's already done. Midday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's hope it's... So take me through your tedious. day. Are you going to vote on the day itself? Are you going to pre-vote? In advance? Yep. I'm, I'm going to be watching it. Yep. Yep. Because I, I like the, uh, the, the, sport, the sport behind it in the theatre. In the, in and, the, we, and which network will you be All watching? of them. That's the key. You gotta yeah, go, you got to flick. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And I have taken a bit of an interest in PVO, as you know, because I just think he's a role. And by the way, in the, in the photo shot, he's not he's drawn pretty well. <laughs> he? Yeah, he's like he's like on the right right arm of the, I think it's Sandra in front, which is which is fair enough. Speaking of PVO, do you think he's had a long campaign? Peter Van Onselen, for those yep. people who are new to the podcast, and you, who you out of nowhere developed a, a complete fascination with about three months ago. So on Friday, he did a story with a piece of camera in it. And you know he likes hang time, so he likes the extra live cross. He'll do anything to get on TV, PVO, for Where the extra live cross. Where do you get to cross. see him? Do you actually watch Channel 10 news I, these I don't days? need to anymore. People are sending me the clue. <laughs> <laughs> but on Friday, yep. have you ever heard anyone talk down a story like this? They crossed him at the end for an update on the supposed ship off or the, the ship that's verging in West Australian waters. Oh, the Chinese, the Chinese ship that, yeah, that had apparently been there for some time. Which Dutton it? did a press conference off to say this. No, he just, he's he's been there for about three years, hasn't it? But he clearly thought he was, it was an issue. Clearly PVA wasn't buying any of Dutton. And indeed, not very often you cross to someone for a story and they just spend the next 45 seconds telling you why it's not a story. <laughs> <laughs> Can we play this in full, Jane? Here is... They crossed the, hang on, you brought more audio. Oh, let's, let's cross to PBO. There's a big story off the... Peter Dutton uh, said this off the coast of West Australia. We welcome in Peter. Peter, this is a significant development. And that 460 kilometre distance, that's the closest that it got. There's nothing unusual in this. The only thing, maybe I'm getting too cynical here, Hugh, but the only thing unusual is that you've got Peter Dutton, the Defence Minister, tripping over himself to get to a microphone as fast as he can to tell us all about it. I remember when they were trying to stop the boats when they first came to government and they wouldn't tell us anything. It was on water matters, had to be kept secret. Well, here we are in an election campaign. They're desperate. <laughs> Suddenly, they want to talk about on water matters. Shame to see cynicism in one so young, Peter. Thank you. <laughs> Back and out. I think he's done. He's, he's, jaded. he's cooked. He's jaded. He's browbeaten. He's, he's done. He's, oh, that's the first I've heard of that. You can't be carrying on like that. There's a longer version, but the, the newsreader had pumped up the script for significant development in the campaign across the PBO, and he just went, oh, no, nothing in this. And that was Hugh Rimmons and that. the other voice there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Not only that, I'm getting cynical. And you know, all of a sudden he wants to talk to this bloke. There's nothing in this. It's only 460, it's 460 kilometres off the coast, for goodness sake. So it made me laugh anyway. You could have been on the doorstep in another, if you wanted to take another view on that. It's on Australia's doorstep. It's about to more. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Um, I want to go with the uh, Tom Brady situation, Hutchie. $375 million US dollars for a media deal that can start whenever he chooses to retire as a player to commentate on Fox Sports. Uh, yep. It's an extraordinary story in so many ways, not least of all. Has he got any idea, do you think, of what it's required to be an analyst in that game? If you want to use Tony Romo as the, I think, the, the current recently retired benchmark of 
of analysis on a NFL game coverage. I'm not sure Tom Brady needs nor wants to be that type of media well, person. It's not the the prep wouldn't be more than being a quarterback. It's now it's not you'd argue it's not that much less, but it's it's a different type of role. I looked at it as smart business from Fox. I must admit. What is it? It was five forty Australians, four hundred odd. Three seventy five US. So whatever the 30, conversion is, it's, yeah. it's a, a roughly flat thirty seven after forty men a year per annum. <laughs> well, let me give you some context on that. The rights deals are done long term. They're multi billion billions and billions of dollars. So that like you got to put that in the context of the size of the rights. Mm. It's probably not wildly. Someone, someone at RMI. IT, ABC fact check will correct me on this. Now, we are going to get there today. We, um, we, we missed the boat last week. We had it scheduled. We are going to get to RMIT fact check but and pro, the fact lab. Pro rather their investment in the sport, it's there's not many needle movers. In fact, you'd argue he's the only No, but is one. he a needle mover? I yeah, mean, he is. there's a fascination with him. Oh, his brand is, is bulletproof. They will use him marketing promotion-wise across a vast array of assets, so you, I tell you what he's doing really well. He's taking the you know what out of himself. He'll draw in, he, in social media. Yeah, he'll draw advertiser dollars everywhere. He'll be the front of every pitch. But ultimately, and, he has to be critical of of the moment yeah, when he needs to. No, be. but he's he's a competitor. He'll, you don't think you want to be a competitor as a commentator? He'll he'll look at everything Romo's done and go, "I'm going to be better than that guy." And he's going to do it. Good, it, good luck, by the way. He's, he's got trying to be better than Romo. Got the music in him. He'll, Romo's a better commentator than he was player, from what I can. Gather Hutchie, I reckon. And, and he was a very good player. And there's 75 of the top 100 shows on American television. Every year. Are NFL shows, I read on the weekend. Is that shows or, or match broadcasts? Match broadcasts. Okay. So if you actually think about its audience hold and its importance in your business, and it's $40 million across, in essence, 50 states, and there's one, you know, I mean, I'm a big believer in the blockbuster theory. You hang your hat on one big thing rather than, a, you know, 10 versions of the next best thing. It's a no-brainer decision for me. And mm. I looked and it, they've got the asset base to leverage that in multiple ways. So you can't just say there's $40 million to be on telly and we'll see you on Thursday nights. You need to be able to embed that through the line in your business, everything from your commercial strategy area through to your print publications, through to your television. You don't think Tom Brady will be selling their movies on TV and through his socials? Like it'll be one of those All of that. stitch deals, right? It's probably why they've announced it so far out, and I thought it was smart. We don't have an equivalent, do we, in Australia of, of this type? Well, to, that's, that's, this will sound um, – well, I don't think we have anyone currently playing, put it that way, who's – Well, we've taken all the all the flair out of every single athlete yeah. in the world. And it, the other thing is well, – In Australia, sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't say the world it's because – it's, it's a global sport. We, we have yet to really try, and it has, and, and won. And secondly, it's a national sport, and we – yeah, you know, we don't have a product that draws those audiences yet in New South Wales or Queensland. So, yeah, it, we're not that product. It's an amazing television product, and cricket doesn't have the no. the, also the the national cut through as it may have once done. Is it? And also, too, it doesn't have the product all year either, does yeah, it? Yeah, I think the cricket talent market people have paid really aggressively for the talent they've used, haven't they? Because yeah. they've they've used that's been our best, probably closest version, but a long way from that. And then population, you got to think it's. 15 times our population. So if you run that exercise on the economics, hmm. 15 times for two, two and a half million, then we'd have, I would think, have... What if he's no good? I mean, I saw an article even today, Drew Brees it was ventured into the commentary booth um, this year, just gone. And I just read something only today, Hutchie, that, that he's not going to be doing that next year. And again, the, the Drew Brees I saw on TV wasn't very good Drew, TV. Uh, he's, it didn't convert. Now, what, what if Brady doesn't come off as the only, only you could be cynical about his chances of being an elite commentator. Only you. 
I would have thought Drew Brees would have been pretty good. The... Drew Brees might be the second best quarterback to Tom Brady, and it didn't quite work. He'll have to win five Emmys before you say, yeah, actually, he's ended up being all right, Tom. That's how cynical you are. Well, well let's, let's revisit it. In, in, I don't think he's got the he's, massive appeal in the States. Well, he has internationally. I don't think – everyone hates him in the States if, if you don't play for the you, two teams he's played for. You're misreading the room. He is the talent. In, he's, he's the goat of that sport, and many people would say with seven chips, he's the goat of all sports. So he brings – you get a massive discount on performance based on your reputation anyway. We know that. Secondly, he's unbelievably presentable. And third, his brand is in mint, Nick. Like, he's just yeah. – he's got that brand humming. Do you think he retired deliberately so that there could be the comeback story and scrutiny around it and focus? The, 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 uh, we wouldn't know, would we? But the – We read media the, and the, you, you observe. If I was to be cynical, I'd say he did it for one of two reasons. One, to try and engineer a move to San Francisco, which failed because they didn't play ball and release him. And two, two, to remove the coach. Remove the coach without having his fingerprints on it. <laughs> and that's probably why he's sitting in front of this press conference and flew in for the presser. Yeah. And then this you know, special advisor role, because there's no way he wanted um, Bruce to be back as a coach, right? But he didn't, his brand, he talked about brand. His, his brand is in the stratosphere. Yes. Yeah, so he can't have things that are ne- of a negative connotation, I don't think, anywhere near his front door. So, you know, was it a. We've seen media. Was it a clever way to manufacture one of those two outcomes? I would, I would hazard a guess and say yes. Mm. We've seen brands before, haven't we? In in a sporting context, and, and the US sport is as, as big a market as any of it. I mean, it goes back, you know, to prior to Jordan. Um, but have we ever seen anything like Brady that, that we're about to see? I mean, negotiating deals at least twelve months before you're out of the game, for ten years beyond that yep. moment. At that level, which which is more than he's getting paid to play the game, yeah, it was smart business, and like clearly they are, you know, commentary wages in America are competitive now with playing wages, if not more, for right? for, for the elites, not for the top yeah. end only. Yeah, so you can you you need to almost, you know, I'm sure that began as if you want to retire, here's what it looks like, and he said, I'm not, I can't commit to that, and they go, well, we let us know because we're going to fill this chair. Well, don't do that. I'm going to be there at some point, and then okay, well, how could it look? Yep. Once you do, and yeah, it was smart. I, I thought it was a great move. Don't want this to be, I mean, it is a question without notice, and I don't want you to put you on the spot if you don't have a name, but is there someone in the AFL right now, at whatever age, that you can see? Let's not compare that I'll person. I'd be more interested in your view than mine. The, the only, in the AFL, there's nothing like this. In the AFL world, the people who are going to be interesting post-life, I think, you know, I think there's, there's clearly interesting Dusty because we've heard so little from him for so long. So that's, he's... I guess can't imagine him. I can't imagine him being putting the, a set the, of the expert on cans on and yeah. talking into a microphone but ever. He, but I think his brand has a big shelf life post footy, right? Yep. Whether that's in media or continuing to be reclusive. in media, I, I don't see it being in media. It could I, be. I just that's my take on him. Yep. I agree with the intrigue element to him. But there's, pro- I mean, to your point, there's probably there's no one that there's even no one. resembles no the Brady no. situational story. Even in a relative Australian yep. context, is there? And, and that, that gets back to the conversation we often have, is that football operations and sports clubs try and take the individual yep. out of the team, don't they? And I'll come back to audience. The NFL has built through, I think, the parity of games in particular. The way they've been able to manufacture close games so consistently for so yeah. long. They've, the scoring systems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've, helps built, that, they've built mass TV eyeballs that are the absolute envy of every sport in the world. They, they, if you 
from an eyeball perspective versus the amount of games you make in the content. They, uh, they dominate. We don't have that here. You know, like platforms like Fox Footy and Fox League and these unbelievable platforms that we all watch, you know, people that we know watch. If you look at the raw numbers, they're not like... No, they're, they're not huge They're not big numbers. No, they're not. And if you break down each market, they're, they're very low. Now, I would argue, which is... Um, I would argue that for an advertiser, they're perfect audiences because there's zero wastage and a bit like our audiences. So not to pitch ourselves, but you know exactly who you're talking to. You're not sifting through who the person is. You've got their attention. They care. They're connected. And so they're a highly, highly valuable audience. Yeah. But in, 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 I would argue we're the same. But in pure numbers. Scale. Yeah. If the Herald Sun were writing about Fox Footy's numbers every day, like it'd be, you know. Cool. But obviously, and why would you when, you, when you're, co-owned, but Fox have, uh, in America and NFL have been able to bunk that trend. Like They've been able to make the NFL bigger than mainstream weekday shows. Mm. And that's when you're getting nosebleed money like this. Yeah. Yep. Hutchie, we, we're going to talk about the RME, RMIT Fact Lab and the RM, RMIT ABC Fact Check operations last week. It's a publication? Week. Yeah, yep. it is. It is. And, and we didn't get to it. So we'll, we'll do it Today, um, we've, we were on their radar now, I believe. Well, the Sunday footy show was, and that's how we they came yes. to our attention when a 92 second, I think it was, it may have been slightly longer conversation that was organic and had right. a few views on it was fact checked. And uh, no, there was, hang on, there's two groups there's the RMIT ABC fact check, yep, and the RMIT fact lab, the sister publication, correct, correct. And and they they and I'm reading off the official website of these organizations, they are organizations that work alongside each other. Our researchers fact-check specific claims made by public figures. They also assess the veracity of social media content, and the work is carried out by those two bodies, RMIT Fact Lab, RMIT ABC Fact Check. You fact-checked the Fact Lab, have you? I'm, no, I'm believing this because I would think on a fact-check and way, a fact-lab. Can I just declare my hand here? I'm on board and supportive. I didn't, no, I am too. I didn't get into RMIT. I applied in 1992. I was did. overlooked. I got in. I got in. So I, I actually got in. I, I didn't go there, but Ranald, was it Ranald Jet- McDonald? He was in charge of it then. I got into that, that course. Yep. I was overlooked. <laughs> um, so I'm a fan and I am on the RMIT side on this. So uh, I'm not, I'm distancing myself in one respect yep. from Damo here. Of course you are. Fact checks of claims by public figures are published by RMIT AB Fact Check. Our debunks of misinformation on yep. social media can be found under the debunks tab on the site. There's a debunks tab. There's a debunks tab. There's a, f- a chief fact checker. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, this is all off the official <laughs> website. How do you get that job? And imagine, imagine how much scrutiny you'd go through in the interview. This is <laughs> It's all about stopping, slowing the spread of misinformation. So it's serving a very oh, important... I'd love to get the chief fact checker on. RMIT Fact Lab retains total independence and control over the third-party fact-checking process. Yep. I'm getting to it, Hutchie. I know where you're going here. RMIT Fact Lab is funded by RMIT University, philanthropic donations and independent research groups. Yep. And the RMIT ABC Fact Check is funded by RMIT University and the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. So there's all these bodies here. There's a few few people who... Now, this this is what intrigued me, and I think... I know your sense of humour enough to know that hopefully it's going to intrigue you too. There's an international fact-checking network, the IFCN. (laughs) Hachi, there is. 
And this is <laughs> this is the bit I think you're going to like. And that's a fact. That's a fact. And, Hachi, this is the bit, because your humour is, like mine, is childish. There is a badge. That, oh, there no, is they've no, got a badge. No, I will show on. you the badge. There's not a badge. I have screenshot. No, there it there's is. There's not a badge. There's the badge. Oh. <laughs> they are a signatory. To the International <laughs> Fact Checking Network. Funny. It's a badge. No, and uh, there's an explanation around the badge. This badge confirms RMIT ABC Fact Check was deemed compliant with the IFCN principles when subjected to the established vetting process and evaluated by external assessors. It goes on. That's the badge. They've got a badge. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyway, There's a badge. That, that, that intrigues. We already got a letter, didn't we, from having a chip us about something last week? Oh, uh, we the, did. We the... did actually, Jane Ford. <laughs> do you want to read that now or do you read that in questions of the week? Or... We no, did. No, we did. I we... copped a nice you, little you spray. Got the, you got a drive-by. You got a backhander from We'll get another one after lab, this. <laughs> after you suggested there was a link between the ABC presenter, which... I didn't say there was a link. I, I rejected it. No, 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 no. That, that's been misrepresented. If that, I don't think that person said I did. Anyway, they, they've got a badge, Hachi. Can we, it would be nice of them to send this one. <laughs> A badge. If anyone's listening out there, a badge. Yeah. If a chief fact checker <laughs> could send us an honorary badge, we, we, hey, we're not going to be. <laughs> I wouldn't want our fa- our conversations to be fact checked too often. Imagine those meetings. Someone says something. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Better check that before we go any further. <laughs> Does anyone run that past the internationals? <laughs> they might have a different view. So, look. They, I reckon they serve a really good purpose, Archie, but I, I do think when you're putting yourself above everyone and, and you've so the counter argu- The counter-argument to that, which I think is the, oh, is the crusade of people like Barack Obama and others, is that misinformation is the poison of the modern time. And that yep. this, oh, it is. It absolutely is. That people who hold truth accountable are the last bastion of journalism. So you can, I could mount a counter-argument they're the most important people in the world. I could too, but I just want badge, to know... The badge is probably... <laughs> <laughs> taking things a fraction too far. <laughs> I just want to know, yeah. again, okay, how do you pick and choose? And this is what happens. You you do one um, one review on Damo and a show he's on, and you get on his radar for about I, eight I'd weeks. never heard of the fact lab and the fact check bodies. It was actually Jesse Earl via email who yep. basically said, I represent the middle section of the Venn diagram that is sounding board and 774 mornings with Virginia Trioli. Uh, and he went on to say that she has declared from the very get-go, this has been going on for years, right. <laughs> that her husband, Russell Skelton, is yep. in fact the head of RMIT Fact Check. And I'm sure he wears the badge. Is he head everywhere. of RMIT Fact Lab or RMIT ABC Fact Check or both? I'd have to fact check that. <laughs> Do that, and we'll get tracked. And, and I got a little drive-by by that. You did, Jesse. You, you said, I think, yeah. But you, you were, you were given it as well. I think I was nominated for a glass jaw, wasn't I? Oh, speaking of the glass jaw, we're mm. three weeks in now. Jane, if you can play this, by the way, for people <laughs> asking about the opener, Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the great WWE stars of all time, walked out to wrestle with this opener. So it's not an original, but here is play the glass jaw for us, please, Jane. Someone outside the tears bagging us. This is not acceptable. <laughs> and the glass jaw, of course, is. Like <laughs> but drink wise, if you're choosing to have a glass jaw, choose to drink wisely from it. Right, now. <laughs> from the glass jaw. So far, we've had Damo, inaugural glass jaw, week yep. one. We've had Caro. Week two, yeah, for being defensive about even being mentioned as a possible glass jaw, <laughs> and then week three we had Chris Ullman, the business editor from 
nine. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And <laughs> defending went, the uh, debate. Defending the debate because yeah. he was on it. He got a bit of stick and he was like, hang on a minute. It rated well. We've never been. It rated really before. well. And, yeah. So the glass jaw for week four is <laughs> making history. Oh, no. <laughs> Having both his jaws last. Chris Orman goes back to back. Oh, really? He's still defensive about the debate. <laughs> he wrote a column about it after he got glass jawed. Have a listen to this, Damo. Great debate lived up to its name, is his opinion column in The Australian. Pointing to the fact that you might have been one of the questioners. And I say this with affection for Chris because he is. Oh, of course you do. I, no, I do. You always square off. But, but you know, I said we're going to take down the big names. We've done that. You, Caro, and now Nine's very own Chris Bite. So this is what he wrote in his column. He went on about what a great debate it was, and he said, this point is routinely lost on print commentators who wallow in a sea of words. But if you work in TV or radio news, and every word is a race against an unforgiving clock. Which is true. The complaint about the paltry 60-second slivers featured in what ranks as the performance art piece of outrage thundered at Nine's debate, if many, many words, by The Guardian. He's named those who had a crack at him. This one has it all, indignation, fury, incomprehension, moralising, and claims there were no highlights or insight and all this noise. So he went on to write a column saying it was a great debate and how dare the Guardian suggest otherwise. <laughs> For me, and I like, don't mind the fact he threw a couple back, by the way, he's an elite operator, but that is glass jaw 2.0. So I just think that's defending your turf. I don't think that's glass jaw. Damo, they, they, he got a couple of stones thrown at his house. Yeah, he did. And people in glass houses with glass jaws shouldn't throw stones. He came back at them with a two-week bazooka. He was like, hey, what do you mean I'm being criticised about my role on television? Got this. <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed it. So glass jaw back-to-back. I like it. Hutchie, uh, I read today, and i get your take on this, 10's bid for AFL broadcast rights hampered by poor ratings. That was published in a News Limited organisation outlet. News Limited wouldn't have a... Have a a horse in this race, would they? Well, they were, they were never going to get a fair run in there. Why so? <laughs> so now, I, I did open the article, and it did say that the writing, uh, the rights, and the the ratings of the sports that um, yep. Panera, uh, Paramount has access to haven't yep. lived up to what. So, but but do you think News Limited is writing this because they care for the um, exposure and the distribution of the sport, or the fact that they've got the horse that's got the got the winning? Ticket right now. Well, it doesn't start with go, see if you can find this story and write it that suits our agenda. It, it starts with the story being delivered in genuine and real terms, and then it's we might give us a little bit of extra ten percent because it actually helps. So I don't think it's it's. it's oh, you're going to come from a place of goodness, do you? I, I think it does because oh. <laughs> no, because it is a discussion, right? So the ten paramount bid. I mean, if there is one. Right, so well, the, well, like, if there is one, well, we don't yet know who's selling who, right? A ten paramount. Now, now, if I had have said that, you would have said, "Oh, there you go, being cynical and being sceptical." But you have said that if there is one, well, have ten and paramount, and, and you've got better lines of communication with these I, I don't know, deals I don't than know, I do. I've actually gone in my way not to ask, but we don't. We haven't yet. I know we, the way you work. We have You yet. just said if there is one, you're not sure. Well, the the AFL have got it. Have got to find a competitive bid. So they are in the market. All you need it. is two bidders, don't you, in, in any auction. You just need two bidders. So The AFL need 10 Paramount to the table. We talked about that last week on the – so did 
are are they encouraging an offer or have 10 Paramount come to them proactively and said, here's an, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I know what I'd be doing. I'd be trying to get everyone to the table because you got Amazon. You got, yeah, and I don't think there's, there's not a, it's not a big field. Right. It's tough to find that check. So you've got the incumbents being the free to wear being Channel Seven. You've got the um, streaming arm being Ko, which which hasn't yet been fully yep. funded. But you've got the uh, the, the uh, pay TV rights with Foxtel, yep. and they're they're all linked, obviously. And so, yeah, probably getting to areas I shouldn't go too deep in, but it's never stopped us before on this show. News Limited. So the weakness in the ten Paramount discussion. Well, they got a, there's a few weaknesses, right? Now, I don't think the television is a weakness because we talked about this last week. If you're going to go to watch the footy on free-to-air, you're going to flick the channels and, you know, Tend had it before and they watched and it was magnificent. And so you'll you'll move around where the footy is. But on the Paramount platform, it is an, it is an issue for them. I've been told this, yep. Because it's got no scale yet. So it's got a small audience. A-League isn't... The, the viewer experience, I've been told, is, is pretty well, poor. People aren't organically going there. Now, so they're going to rely on the AFL to build that audience for itself, as opposed to you know, benefit from it. Yep, is that fair? Yep. And when and now you're otherwise going to go there for much other content, right now. And there's data that suggests around the world that there's streaming fatigue already. People will go too many streamers, and where do I go? And how many do I have to have? And why can't I just get what I want? So that's that's the Achilles heel in the ten pitch, and that's why they're going to have to pay a lot more. Because they're going to have to make the AFL give, deliver them the audience rather than the other way around. I think KO, what they've done so smartly, Damo, if I was to be, is they've built scale. So A, they've got a million users, and B, you're already there watching, you're surfing around stuff KO anyway. So you're not. And the user experience is and superior. Spot on. As far as you can tell. Yeah. So it's going to need a fair, like, you're going to need a knockout blow to knock Foxtel and KO out of the room. Like, I can't imagine them not being. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on now, that. On the, I can't see a world where News Limited doesn't get it. Now, on the seven front... For, for a number of reasons. Well, that's a different story, right? Why? But, Why is that a different story? Well, because you've got three... Oh, you've got seven, ten, nine. There's three, you know, behaviours are pretty set across all three networks. You're going you're to move where the game is, aren't you? Yep. And we've done it before. And so the, the trick will be how you make everyone coexist in the room, but... If, if the numbers the numbers have to be significantly better from ten, and then they're going to have to have a great plan on how Paramount fits in, because I don't think you're looking at the A League experience going. It's been, you know, yet a wild hit, right? So the AFL, I think, would value people are in the KO environment. They're watching a range of sports. Oh, there's the AFL. I love the AFL. It's probably I would say the KO is probably at the point now where it's delivering the AFL new viewership in New South Wales and Queensland that they wouldn't otherwise get, as opposed to building the platform for them. Yep. What happens in the cricket space with uh, the Foxtel? Gee, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and given Seven almost or well, did fight through the courts to get out of its commitments um, when it's up. And look, Hutchie, I, I, I don't know this space like you, but as a consumer, um, to, to see how it was initially to have two sets of, um, obviously, broadcasters and two sets of, of camera people Broadcasting games that aren't necessarily being watched by a lot of people. I mean, I know that's already been um, scaled yep. back anyway from a Foxtel perspective. So, what happens next time around? Well, it'll be fascinating because it's a lot of money they took and for what audience it delivered, and the big bash is a problem for in, in at that money at that level of money. I'm still a big believer on where it all get to, 
Do you concede you were wrong personally when, when they increased the amount of games of Big Bash to ridiculous amounts of content when you said that was the way to go? And and I can't remember what my opinion was yesterday. No, you said it was the way to go because it was more content and people wanted it, whereas I took the view that it was beautifully packaged as it was about three years ago. It was just the right number. You don't even know what you're watching anymore, and you, and you don't, unfortunately you don't you don't care for any let, let alone the game outcome. I mean the, the volume the volume of games is is a challenge, but I guess the lack of star power is what the tele, TV networks would point to. Yep, is, is and then a lot of that's been circumstantial with borders and other things. But I'm a, I'm I'm still a big believer in it. Oh, I think ten have got an angle there, right? They, ten could say we built the Big Bash. We were, the, we were the original engine behind it. We took a Fox Sports product and turned it into a free-to-air and, and, you know, and we want it back and we'll put every game on free-to-air mm. and we'll do even more content on Paramount. And there's a, you know, there's a pitch there, isn't there? Yeah. But, and I don't think the test suit 10, but Big Bash suit perfectly. Families. That's and more 10. And that's what it, was, that yeah. was, what, what it was 10. Hutchie, uh, start the conversation for Mosh, men's online health platform, making health Easy. The topic I want to talk about today is a, uh, a, a headline, Court Issues Extraordinary Order for Herald, The Age and 60 Minutes to Hand Over Draft Story. Um, the specifics of it, the New South Wales Supreme Court has issued an extraordinary order requiring a major media company to hand over copies of an upcoming television program and newspaper investigation to an interested party before the content has this was been the plastic published story in Sydney? or even yeah. completed. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to attribute that article. Jane, where's that from? I just can't read it on just so, so we can attribute there. Um, we'll get back to you on that. But that's a that's a pretty significant ruling. It was successful it, too, wasn't it? Because I saw the press release come out from 60 Minutes with a revised storyline. Schedule, yeah. yeah. What did you make of that? Because ultimately it, it makes the – I think the, the phrase in this article in question um, – almost the plaintiff half an editor in, you know, the story before it goes to air. It, that story was by Michael Koziol off which platform, Jane, just so we officially attribute. Anyway, Michael Koziol has written that article. SMH. It, SMH, there you go. What did you make of that? I had a quick read on Saturday when I saw the link and I think I read that they, the journalists had gone to, the 60 Minutes Journal had gone seeking opinion on Wednesday or a response. yes. The subject of that, the plastic surgeon, asked for an extension until Friday, and then that couldn't be achieved in a way that suited both parties. And so they and there were promos for the said piece yeah, going I, up. Well, there. I think the promos went up in between the stay of response, didn't it? That wouldn't be the first time that's happened in no. a media context. No, so it's in, it's really interesting. Your, your point is that it's, I mean, it's not the first time someone's taken an injunction in sixty minutes to stop a story. No, anywhere, all four corners for that matter. It's rare that they're this successful, I would say, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I, and I think I read that it had the power to cause irreparable damage to the... A lot of media stories have that power to cause yeah. that damage, don't they? The I promo, mean, a was, lot of opinion yeah. can cause irreparable damage. The promo did the damage. The promo was the one where... It seemed to prompt yeah, the movement. Very hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube if you're the subject of that sort of story. Yep. And I don't know any of the specifics and how entitled... No, it's more just the concept of a, of a court ordering the media outlet. So you're uncomfortable with it? Oh, very, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a different way. It's a different order of business, isn't it? Often you get asked to present it after the event, as in this publication. This is a preemptive, um, I suppose, what, stymieing of, a, of what they are arguing as a defamation before the, the article and the so, content has gone to air. So the counter-argument to that is, and I, and I don't know, even know what the allegation is. I don't, I don't want to get into it. No, 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 but we're not, I'm not I raising I don't, for that I don't reason. Know. It could be the... I don't know. Yep. 
The counter-argument that is if you're about to have your life ruined on television, yep. aren't you entitled to do everything you can do, injunct against it before you, until you understand what the allegation is? I think it's human nature, isn't it, yep. to, to go down that path? Yeah, I think, sorry, that's the other thing. The, didn't the court order that the copies had to be handed over in advance? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's sorry, I missed that piece of the discussion. That's a... But notes as well, like even your like your yeah. notes in compiling the the story. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is courts and journalism intersecting with each other. Yeah, it's oh, look, it's, it's unknown ground as far now, as I'm concerned. This happened on your watch as the AFMA president in football. <laughs> well, How would you be handling? Well, you'd have to abide by the courts of the land, wouldn't you? Yeah. Regardless, um, Hachi, that was the uh, conversation starter for Mosh Men's Online Health Platform, making health. Easy. Let's head to. Oh, by the way, if you have a view out there on that on that specific topic, send us the send us your views on social. Hashtag Mosh, Mosh Conversation Starter and start a conversation about your men's online health today. Let's go to the question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. I wasn't sure which question I was going to go here, Hutchie, but there's a guy who seems to be um, belting you more than me, so we'll go with that one. Ben Thorne via email. I often <laughs> leave those alone. Ben Thorne on email, although it, it could be a little uh, sting in the tail. Over the past year or two, I've noticed that there's been a switch in who's the conservative one. Ever since Hutchie became an even bigger media mogul, he seems to take the side of the more conservative voices that you discuss. Well, unfairly smashing Damien every other week for being a Tony Abbott fanboy. Is he doing this just to deflect from himself? Hutchie's hatred for the ABC and nonchalance for actual truth in journalism is one example of this. With the buying up of radio stations and expanding into new markets on a near-weekly basis, does Hutchie see himself as a future Rupert Murdoch? I've been a listener since Series 1, Episode 1, and I love the show, boys. Ben Thorne on email. Ben, we're in the opinion business. Everyone is entitled to one, so I respect yours and I thank you for the feedback. I don't lean any which way, nor do I express which... Uh, political views I do or don't have. I don't think it's our role to have a view on that. So if you think that's the way I've trended, uh, it's nothing to do with. I'm probably a little have to be a little bit more. Um, I probably have to think through what I say a little bit more than I would as a private <laughs> citizen. Fair to say, when you're in a public role, I don't want you to think too deeply before you open your mouth. That's but you. I think you know. Hopefully, I can walk that tightrope okay. But I think to Ben's point, you you unfairly. Smash me for 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 who my brother once worked for. I am a swinging voter in the truest sense of a You're swinging a, vote definition. A mate of Tony Abbott. No, I'm not. I have met Tony Abbott once. And your brother has devoted his life to Tony Abbott. I wouldn't go devoted as far as life, that. And you love your brother. <laughs> of course, I and do. He's devoted his life to Tony. But that does not mean that I and I am beholden to his. If I was invited to one of those barbecues you have, which I don't get invited to, and I ran into your brother, I'd say two things: one, I hear you're a ripping bloke; two, to, to me or my brother, to or, brother. To, or to uh, Abbott, your brother. Okay. And, and two, what are you wasting your time here for? It's over. The music <laughs> stopped five years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would say to him. Is that? And we'll finish up the question. Everyone's entitled to earn a living, by the way. It might be the, what he, you know. But of course he is. He can do work who, who he wants to. But uh, but I, it doesn't mean I think that it's just human nature. Your cynicism is in part drawn by that circle. Now, Ben, really good question of the week there, and I'm really glad that as I kept reading through it, can it we was get your brother on one week and I can have that conversation with him on the podcast? 
we've only had three people on this show, I think. We had we had Ralph's Meats. Adam from Ralph's Meats. Yep. We had Dennis Pagan, that didn't really work. And then we had that guy who was um unfortunate enough to have the same Christian name and surname as me. Remember? It's during the Essendon drug saga, based in the States, and he couldn't work out why right. he was getting abused. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he was a Damien with a knee, yep. and we got him on, and he, he went along with it. He thought it was great fun in the end, but uh, yep. he couldn't work out why he has being called flog and all sorts of other words you can't say on this podcast. Yep. Hey, just, we're recording this on a Monday night for a change. I had a quick question for you. Yep. I couldn't resist asking this. <laughs> Did you read – now, I only read the headline. Did Robbo have James Heard back in the Essendon – Calculations to return in his column today. Uh, well, I don't. Yes, you do. You get the paper delivered. You I pay d- for it. Doesn't matter. Read every. You're a customer of I am. news. Actually, the delivery's coming very late these days, Hutchie. It's almost not and worth having my question. The did did, Ro- did I, Ro- No, I saw him in a headline. I didn't. I, I, I can honestly say, hand on heart, I didn't read it. So I'd like to go. I would like to go along with what you're about to ask and, a, and talk about it. Is him. that a mountable argument? I've learned to never rule anything in or out, Hutchie. I, I really have. I mean, he's well connected with the people that will make the decisions there. Um, I don't see it happening. I, if I'm in charge of that club, I don't go near James Hurd as a coach. But but that doesn't mean it won't happen. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it won't happen. At Essendon? I wouldn't – well, sorry, I was talking GWS there. Um, it would be more likely to happen in Essendon because of that club being run by the need to have a cult figure in place at every point of it. Yeah, Wow. Fascinating. Are you, are you raising it because you think it's fanciful? Yeah, I think it's zero chance of ever happening. This, don't you? How, how could you? How, well, not with regardless the... of what your view is of whether he was like like I'm. And this is not a, a go at James, who I have high regard for. It, it's well, you know my views on James. I, I wouldn't go near him as a coach. So I, I, I think he has a lot to offer the industry. It, it's not going to be Essen. Like of all the jobs he could go and do in forty years, Essen coaching Essen again is not going to be one of them. Not with the people who are currently there in the positions that make those decisions, no. But we've seen what goes on at that football wow. club. It's amazing. Yeah, anyway, I was interested in your thoughts. The fact you haven't ruled it out made me think I'm probably looking at it a bit differently. I just don't rule anything in or out these days, Hutchie. So, uh, yeah, it, it, we've seen some extraordinary situations. James Heard and the Mark Bomber-Thompson situation in, in the first place anyway. All right. Did anyone have a worse week in the media than the Shark? <laughs> This is what you do, Hutch. Last week, now, Jane's trying to give us a wind up here. We've got to get out of this studio. We, we, and we, last week, you raised a very good topic at the 42 minute mark the quiet trial. The quiet trial. Now, again, we've, Jane's actually done the, that signal of producers where it goes around in circles as he winded up. And you've raised this topic, which needs people proper... like to be still there 42 minutes in. We're not even 42 minutes in, but but we're about to wrap it up. And now you want to talk no, about well, a matter that got, needs to be dealt with seriously. We're going to spend five more minutes. So that means we have to work out how to do the questions later on, we can. Um, <laughs> What was it? His week was. Oh, what's happened to Greg Norman? I grew up loving this guy, and, and I have defended him until this week, until till this Saudi Arabia issue. I, I can't. What about Wayne Grady's takedown of him? Yeah. Kari Webb. Th- these are serious people. Yeah. Nearly equally as well in Kari's case, more successful than what Greg was, and and Wayne Grady also is a, a major winner in in the golf world. And for him to say what he said about him, we've all made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. He's talking about the murder of a journalist. How you learn from them. He's talking about the murder, the, the planned murder. And then murder. his comments on the LGBTQ community were... I didn't even catch up with oh him. What, what did he say there? I, oh. I haven't even caught up with that. What? I was trying to think, like... What's happened to him? What was he thinking was going to happen? When he's sitting in front of a press 
I mean, to about your Saudi Arabia, you know that this issue with the deceased journalist is one of many horrific incidents. You, you surely got to a do you put yourself in that position in the first place? Mm. B you've got to have a clear answer in your head on how you get through that question. Yeah, not oh, well, you know, they look back and learn from it. What it's human life? Every. Know. It's what he said. Everybody yep. has owned up to it, right? It yep. has been spoken about from what I've read, going on what you guys reported, take ownership no matter what it is. Look, we've all made mistakes yep. and you just want to learn from those mistakes and how you can correct them going forward. Second one, you've been very defensive of Paul Kent. He's a good friend of yours in your words. Are oh, you raising this even after the Greg Norman situation? He, he walked away from Triple M after being he after did. refusing to apologise about the Anthony Maroon storm off. Yes. I spoke to Paul last week. After, after, I think it was after we were on air. I think it was. Yep. Yeah. So how do you, like the fact that he doubled down with the story in the paper and yep, and that, snowflakes, snowflakes use of the yeah. word. Yeah. And then Triple M, which is the employer, has every right to request that he, he uh, apologise. Yeah, and, and I just refused. And he refused. He refused. He walked and, then, away. and I'll give you the quote, seeing that you've raised this so late. In the well, piece. Triple M Sydney spokesman said he, Paul kind of left the show. Um, he went too far. We asked him to offer an apology. He had a different view, and on that basis, he made the decision to part ways. Yep. And then Kent, in his own statement, Triple M have asked me to apologise for the incidents that have occurred over recent weeks. I'm not prepared to do that. I have already gone on the record with my views on the matter. On that basis, I've made the decision to move on from my role at Triple M. We part on good terms. You've got to admire that. You've got to admire Triple M stance. There's no ambiguity about where either party stands. He's entitled to not apologise and yeah. and as a, and as such walk away from yep. the role. But you were a bit wishy-washy on this last week. So I wasn't wishy-washy at all. People I was have on... asked me to push you a bit harder. <laughs> do you agree that he did the wrong thing, or do you disagree with? Actually, it? You can't put yourself into that into that studio. I, I can only put myself into this studio. It's a very and... simple question. I've should he have apologised? If management. Asked him to, and the proviso on staying on that program so requires him to do so. Yes, he should. But but he's equally... So you apologise if you don't mean it just because someone tells you you do. That's what, how the way the world works, Hutchie. If if you are taking a check off someone, that that, that person wow. who gives you, you the check... I was the capitalist on the show. Say again? <laughs> I all the way along, I was playing the wrong role here. I'm a what? I'm, Turns out you're the... I'm the what? I'm the cow. <laughs> <laughs> someone tells you to apologise if they're paying you. If you don't mean it, you apologise. I think you. I thought you were the one on principles, and I was the one perceived to be too commercial. But he's on, on principles, Hutchie. He's chosen to walk away. That, that's the greatest sign of acting on principle. So you think, a, a, as as the organisation, so you think Paul's right and Triple M's wrong. They're both right. They're both right. Oh dear. H- how do you not get? What both a way right? to finish, hey? How do you not get both right? If you're sitting on the fence like that, choose to drink wise. This has been the sounding board for Drink Wise Series Seven, Episode Fifteen. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo for Drinkwise. Make sure you find us on Facebook and Twitter at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.